everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask Me Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's HR advisor. Today, we have a very special episode in which we will talk with the president and CEO of Mosher Consulting, Ty Mosher. If you didn't know, Mosher Consulting recently celebrated its 25th anniversary, and it has evolved throughout the years as one of the powerhouses in IT consultant in Indiana. Ty and Paula Mosier founded Mosier Consulting in 1996 after Ty left corporate life to focus exclusively on data management. Throughout the years, it has grown from having just one employee to over 270 in two different locations in the United States. Mosier continues to achieve steady growth year over year. Mosier now has two Indiana offices and one in Maryland. Mosier has been a best place to work in Indiana nine times and in Baltimore four times. Mosier has been runner-up in the Mira Tech Awards Company Culture category, and in 2021, Mosier has been nominated as one of Mira's exceptional employers. Also in 2020, Mosier was named Red Hat's Small to Medium System Integrated Partner of the Year. In 25 years, Mosier Consulting has grown into a successful information technology company focused on seven technology areas in government and commercial domains, servicing managed services, system and cloud, data and analytics, and application services, among others. This is an impressive list of accolades that Mosier Consulting has cultivated throughout the years, and I am sure they won't be the last ones. Ty, it is a pleasure to talk to you today about the past, the present, and the future of Mosier Consulting. How are you? Hi, Angel. Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. So I want to start with the past because I am sure our listeners will want to know how you started your business. So what made you want to start your own business? Well, uh, let me uh, just kind of walk through um, before we started. After graduating Purdue, I worked for a couple of large companies. I was fortunate enough to be sent to one of the manufacturing plants at, at my first position. So there I was exposed to a number of technologies and areas of the business. I got to work with uh, finance legal, uh, manufacturing, quality assurance. So I got kind of exposed to all of those areas. And then I also got to do systems design administration, uh, database design and administration. I worked with process control. I got to work with uh, encrypted communications, uh, networking. So I was exposed to multiple areas of the business and multiple technologies. Uh, when I left my first job, uh, moved to Indianapolis and uh, kind of back home. And uh, there I developed a specialty in large-scale data replication. And I'd had a number of contacts in the industry. When my company wanted to move to large ERP, really convert their systems to a large ERP, that's not something I wanted to do. So I started to work on, on the side really at night and on the weekends for other companies doing uh, data replication and database work. During that time, I had worked myself up to about, uh, you know, an additional 30 to 50 hours a week. And uh, I wanted to get some of my personal life back. So I had proven to myself that I could earn a living just with the consulting work. So after long conversations with my wife, setting up a corporate structure, decided to uh, jump out on my own. Originally, I just wanted to uh, be consulting for myself. Uh, my wife did kind of all the back office things, invoicing and, and a lot of the paperwork, and I did everything else. And, uh, you know, that was the first step. And um, we, we went from there. That's a very interesting story, Ty, because it basically shows how from, from your drive 
with something that you wanted to do, you just started a business and started very much from the ground up, including your spouse in that process and making sure that you were covering all the bases. But more specifically, I really like how you described how you wanted your life back, right? You wanted to have that family life back, which it is important to all of us. So I really, I really have to say that that really strikes a chord with me. Uh, just because I think we all want that work-life balance. And obviously when we have a spouse and children at home, we want to make sure that we're all always there for them when, we, when they need us. So Ty, I understand you attended Purdue University, where I'm sure you heard the famous quote by uh, Purdue alum John Wooden, failure isn't fatal, but failure to change might be. Can you talk about how mistakes or missteps had led to changes to your business? Sure. Uh, sometimes making mistakes is, is how we learn. Uh, we try to make the best decisions with the information we have available. Uh, many times you start down the road on something and things happen to where you, you need to make some decisions and maybe, you know, I call it making a course correction. But if you have a pulse on initiatives and can make minor adjustments, a lot of times you can quickly adapt and uh, you know, either save the amount of time you're putting into something or the amount of money you're spending and, uh, and really come out on the other side of, of kind of what you had dreamed of. Um, as far as uh, things we've invested in, you know, we've created software products over the years. Some have worked out and some haven't. I like to give things an opportunity to succeed. And I may have waited a little too long on, on some things and maybe wasted some time or some uh, dollars towards those, but you know, investing in people is is what's really important. I think if we've changed anything, it's the amount of due diligence we do uh, in order to start a project or have touch points where we reevaluate the uh, opportunity and the costs that are associated with that. So we do that a little quicker now. But for me, I try to make decisions uh, not just on the numbers, but how it affects people and really uh, investing in people and listening. So you know, we, get the, we get the most out of, out of some of the ideas that, that people have, and we've turned out some really great products doing it. But I think you mentioned a couple of things that I would say would be very valuable to anybody that's listening to this episode, and that is the value of learning from your mistakes. I think anybody can take that line and apply it to just about anything, but the fact that you have the frame of mind to actually take a mistake and learn from it and then basically try and move forward like you said doing some course correcting and making sure that you don't make that same mistake twice that is something that is very valuable and you also mentioned our employees and how much you value them and how much you invest in them because you believe in their potential and i want to go a little bit about that uh, because i know Mosher believes its employees are its greatest assets. Our hiring is a key part in all of that and how much would-be employees would fit within our company culture. How important is your selection of employees and your hiring process to, to the company's success? Well, it's, uh, it's key. You know, we've made some great hiring decisions and we've made some not so great hiring decisions over the years. Up until six or eight years ago, uh, I interviewed every single person uh, before they started here, you know, we got too large and, and our hiring velocity was too great for me to do that all the time. So uh, when I interviewed uh, personally, I made sure that obviously they, they have to fit technically 
They're technically sound and have expertise. They fit our culture where we work hard, but we also value uh, work-life balance. And above all that, they are problem solvers. You know, the IT, the technology industry changes pretty rapidly. And, um, you know, the ability to, to solve problems and uh, adapt and, and learn new things is, is really key. I look for people that are put the customer first and uh, be consultative uh, in, in that being able to provide thought leadership and, uh, and helping the customer achieve uh, their goals and, and what they want to, want to achieve. And that is a very important part of bringing people over to, to our culture is, as you mentioned, the tech skills are going to be there. We just have to make sure that they fit our culture, that they fit within the established Mosher culture that you and Paula and some of the other directors and vice presidents of the company have established over the years. And Ty, while hiring is important, retention is key as well in an organization because this means that we as an organization have a great culture one that defines how we do business. What can you tell us about the culture within Mosher and how important it is that we not only hire great talent, but that we make sure that our talent remains with us? Uh, sure. Uh, we don't hire for the uh, short-term project. We, uh, when we make a hire, it's for a long-term investment uh, because over the, the life of you know, the employee that they're here, we're going to invest in training and it's really difficult to, you know, invest in someone and then have them leave. So we've created a culture where learning's important, where the work-life balance is important. We've created a benefit package that's, you know, pretty robust. And uh, one of the things we do every year is a survey that qualifies us for the best places to work. Um, and we've made that list for eight straight years. Uh, we take that feedback to heart. Um, there are not only the, the numerical values of, of all the questions, those, re, those results, but also the comments. So I've encouraged people to, if you've got a criticism, to, to be constructive, you know, help us to, to foster those ideas on, on where we have deficiencies or gaps and, and help us come up with ideas. And, uh, you know, we'll, if they fit our culture and we're able to do them, most likely we will. Uh, many of our best ideas have come from those surveys, the results of those surveys. Uh, our wellness bucks program, our PTO policy, and the flex time policies have come directly from the recommendations from best places to work survey. So uh, listening to your employees is, is important. Um, we're not able to do everything that um, is suggested, but if you can talk through either why that suggestion doesn't fit or we aren't able to do that, there might be something else we can do that comes close or uh, a recommendation or a suggestion uh, is very easy to implement. And, um, you know, it's to the benefit of the employees and us. So, uh, you know, we really try to, to take all those things into consideration and, and we create a culture that's, that's born out of the employees that make up the culture. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that you mentioned that is key for anybody listening out there who's in a similar role as yours is that you're listening. You're listening to your employees. You're not just taking those numbers and, the, and that feedback that comes with those numbers and just putting it in a drawer somewhere, but you're listening and you're taking action. You're providing 
action items after you get those reports, those, those surveys. And that's key because not a lot of people out there put a plan into place when they hear something might be going the wrong way. So that's key in, in making sure that you retain your employees, because if you don't listen to your employees, then I, I don't know what you're doing, to be honest, but we at Mosher, I know that we are definitely doing that. We are listening to our folks uh, every year with those surveys. So switching gears a little bit to current events, I wanted to know how has the pandemic affected uh, your business and your approach to employee wellness throughout? Well, initially, uh, you know, the move to remote was pretty immediate. You know, we're in IT, so we're used to being online at all times of the day or night. So for our technical folks, that was a pretty easy transition, uh, maybe a little longer for the administration, the administrative staff that was uh, in the office every day. But the, the challenge there was, you know, all the time at home. So during the first few weeks of transitioning to uh, 100% work from home, uh, we took feedback from our employees, one uh, glaring item was the quality of the home office. Uh, so we modified one of our reimbursement programs to include uh, things that an employee could purchase to make their home office a little more livable and uh, productive. Another thing that uh, happened is many of the schools went remote as well. So now parents were required to help their student with Zoom calls and, and getting on lesson plans. And, and that was a significant amount of work for our employees that have young kids at home. And so, you know, we uh, implemented, we were planning on implementing our Flex PTO program at the end of the year anyways. That was one of the suggestions um, in the Best Places to Work survey to have more and uh, more flexible PTO time. So we move that benefit up to July. So we started that in July where we basically have an unlimited uh, PTO program now that's very flexible and uh, it allows for our employees to use hours during the day for other things that are needed in the home. Another thing we did, we also improved our charitable uh, efforts. We normally would cater in lunches three times a week for all our employees. So we weren't spending money on that with everyone working at home. So we partnered with a local company here, Turf Catering, and we provided meals for hospitals, first responders, and frontline workers. And then uh, we also did that in Baltimore. We've got a, a couple of catering companies that we work with there, and we partnered with them to do the same thing. Uh, the letters and, uh, and thank yous we got back was tremendous. Uh, one of the hospitals we donated meals to, uh, one of the nurses wrote us a very nice letter that thanked us for uh, the meal that was provided. Uh, Turf Catering does a fantastic job with, uh, with uh, food, and that's why we use them almost exclusively for our catering. And uh, she said that it was nice to get a, a well-balanced, thoughtful, gourmet meal uh, instead of fast food. So, uh, you know, that made us feel good. Uh, obviously, we have hundreds of letters similar to that, thanking us for, for doing that. But, you know, we just wanted to make it as easy as possible for anyone we could affect uh, to get through the pandemic. Well, and being flexible during times like these, that's very key. And I know that as a company, Mosher has definitely stepped up to the plate on that. I'm also very proud to say that, I, that I've really enjoyed just watching how we've 
being able to provide those meals to those different places, whether that's hospitals or, or police departments, fire departments, uh, healthcare workers, just because it just makes me, it just makes me very proud to work for a company that cares for our, not just our community, but basically our whole state and the state of Maryland as well, because we're providing that services to our friends out of Baltimore as well. So Ty, as you take into consideration uh, the current events with the pandemic, how do you see Mosher continuing to evolve in the future? Well, hopefully we're in a time where the pandemic has uh, started to fade. Uh, vaccines are available. I just got my shot um, last, tu- last uh, Tuesday. Uh, so I'm looking forward to my second uh, round of that in a couple of weeks. There are a lot of changes we put in place as we started to open the offices. There are some things that will you know, work to roll back as uh, numbers go down and, and uh, you know, the safety is improved. People's wellness is improved and, and people's safety and uh, risk of uh, getting infected is improved. Um, but we'll, we'll measure things we've changed and some of those things we'll probably keep, um, you know, most notably the flexibility on working from home or from the office. We've, there are a number of people that um, still want to come to the office every day. There's a, a significant number of people that want to work from home, either part-time, you know, some of the week or most of the week. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few people that don't mind working from home full-time. Um, I think those numbers are a little smaller than what we had anticipated, but uh, still there's, there's, there's the need. So we'll keep that in place. There's also the opportunity for us as a company to hire people that are outside of our geography and be just as productive as people here. So, uh, you know, we'll take a strong look at that, a hard look at that and make sure that uh, we keep the things that have changed for the better and we'll roll back the things that, you know, didn't work out so well and then uh, go back to a new normal. Right. Taking a look at the things that have worked and those that haven't worked and just keeping those that are positive for everybody's uh, flexibility. That's key, Ty. I, I agree with you. So Ty, I'd like to end this on, on a question for all those entrepreneurs out there. Do you have any advice for them on how to start a business? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I started my company, it was born out of, you know, flexibility. Uh, I like to do a lot of different things. So uh, I got to experiment and I got to work on, you know, a number of different technologies, um, you know, back then. It was uh, before Y2K, uh, which was kind of all the talk there. So I got to do app dev. I got to do a a lot of database work and I could really pick the projects I wanted to work on. Um, But I'd say, you know, love what you're going to do. A lot of the business stuff, if you're not used to that, for me, it's mostly technical, but the business stuff is a distraction. So, uh, you know, if you can leverage some professional advice, where uh, where needed, you know, things like taxes and employment laws and contracting and all the things you really have to have, you know, over time, really solid, um, you know, obviously taxes and employment laws up at the top of the list, but uh, have professional advice where you can, you know, accountants, attorneys, have a good relationship with your bank. Uh, if you can find an advisor that does the same type of business, someone that's willing to take you under their wing and help, with uh, decisions and advice, that's that benefited me tremendously. I had a uh, someone who had 
started a consulting company and, and sold it. And uh, he was a, a mentor now for other people that uh, were in consulting. So I was fortunate enough to, to have him as an advisor over the years. And, uh, and things worked out, things have worked out really well. But I'd say, yeah, professional advice, love what you do, and you know, be prepared to work a lot of hours. It's not easy to start uh, once you get large enough where you can hire people to do some of the things that they are experts in and, and you don't uh, particularly like doing. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. And then uh, keep it going. Absolutely. So get an advisor, get, get somebody to coach you, have a good relationship with your bank get a, an attorney and get a good uh, tax advice. Those are very good key elements. Thank you very much, Ty, for our conversation today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Angel. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask e Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting. We hope you enjoyed this conversation about Mosher Consulting's 25 years and how its CEO has helped evolve the company. We'd love if you would join us next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, so long, everybody. Bye.